Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey George. Hey Lions, how's it going? It's going. It's going good, man. I gotta. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I thought long and hard today about how I was going to find some really over-the-top '90s skater lingo to do mm-hmm. like a super surfer skatery california thing and what i found instead as like the second result on google was a wiki how of how to talk like a skater and it's so upsettingly earnest like someone updated this as recently as july of this year (laughs) and it's, it's just i mean it's what like an old marketing person thinks the youths talk like. Because, I mean, some of this is like, I have heard some of these terms. Some of these terms are even in the game we played. But things like uh, uh, gnarly and the definition for douche is someone uncool, a loser. I'm like, that's not nearly harsh enough for what most people mean when they use the word douche to describe another human being. Yeah, no, I mean, if if somebody said that to me and they thought that they were just calling me an uncool person, that person would be a pretty big douche. Right. And and this is broken into steps, too. So there's uh, step number two, call tricks, but not all the time, by their alternate names. For example, a 360 flip is a tray flip and a varial double kickflip is a nightmare flip and i'm trying to imagine someone doing the mental algebra on this like have i said nightmare flip too many times in this sentence should i go back to its given name like i'm picturing like the the narc you know who's just like sweating like that beat of sweat down the side you know like gonna know i'm a poser total total recall you know where it's just kind of like you know the person says uh you know Oh, uh, yeah, man. If it were me, I would have doubled up the grip tape on my top deck so you can really ollie up those, those terms. And, you know, like the person's like, oh, wait, did I use ollie right? And, it's, and like, you know, like sweat dripping down the thing. The person's like, oh, yeah, totally, bro. And it's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Uh, the final step is try being sarcastic. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, there's, it, it, you don't have to make jokes about it. It is its own joke. <laughs> Yeah, no that, that 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 article is super cool. Yeah, it's it's super dope. It is not. It was not written by a poser. He is definitely not a douche. No, he is he is Trey Fly. <laughs> um, jeez. And this is this is also when when all of our audience, if they didn't know already, is going to know that we are in our mid thirties and like <laughs> oh, we're, we're not skaters. <laughs> nope. One of us achieved a bit more success in the virtual realm, though. So, yeah. Uh, So we played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 for the PlayStation 1 computer entertainment system. Uh, And I I have to mention the year on this specifically just because uh, one of our listeners uh, was, like, playing along a little bit with the Twitch stream. And Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, wow. Um this is some super like early 2000s music. And I was like, I don't think that's actually true. 
And then I looked up the release date, and I was like, no, this is some super 90s music. Oh, yes. It's even yeah. older. I mean, not much. You know, it's late 90s, but still. Like, this came out smack in 2000, which means the latest any of these songs could have been written is that year, right? So you're you're definitely right. looking at a late 90s vibe. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it, it did have that. And I would have loved to have heard more than two minutes of each of those songs, but we'll get into that in audio yeah so uh nostalgia experience so my nostalgia goggles for this game are essentially that i played this game way way more than i remembered until i put my hands on the controller and it all came flooding back to me like the way action heroes in movies seem to know how to like fly a helicopter even though they haven't done it since they were in the air force right like I just I was like, oh man, like I remember this game being pretty fun. And then when it starts and those uh when you turn the wheel, it makes like the 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 like skates like the deck sliding on a rail noise when you select mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know why that's the confirmation and back out noise, but it's like even from that moment, before I had done anything, I was just like, Oh yeah, man, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, I played the crap out of th-. like it just <laughs> it like it was locked away somewhere in my brain where I knew I had played it a lot, but I forgot just how much gold was, you know, in that box. Great grandpa left me in the attic. I was like, Oh, this is a lot of gold. This is like a this is like a, a Samuel L. Jackson in a briefcase amount of gold. Oh yeah. And then from my seat, it was, you know, a similar amount of gold, but as with all gold left to you by your great great grandpappy in a nondescript box in the attic, I would question its origins. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, why did great grandpappy have all this gold? Well, he said he, he got it in the war. What, what, which war? Yeah. And, and which side was he on? <laughs> yeah, because both of these questions are going to matter. Maybe not a lot, but possibly a lot. Possibly a lot. <laughs> Depending on the answer, it, it may matter quite a bit. Uh, I also um, had a realization, because you and I in the college, uh, I wouldn't say we played an unconscionable amount of Guitar Hero and Rock Band, but a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that we played a... Uh, we We played enough Guitar Hero and Rock Band to the point where I could actually feign discussions with knowledgeable people on music that i really knew nothing about and it was it was the most exhilarating game of like walking through a minefield because they'd be like oh man you know i really love one wonder wall it's like oh man i totally love wonder wall and i mean what about some tenacious d you know and they're like oh yeah you know tenacious d and what about metallica and it's like what (laughs) (laughs) don't don't, know don't know much metallica those songs are hard i mean I never got into them. <laughs> well, Metallica wasn't on either one. They released their own special one later. Oh, you know, yeah. The, yeah. So that, that's the problem is that like there were some some incredibly popular games that weren't licensed on that game. So then people would be like, oh, you know, all of this really obscure stuff. Clearly, you know, the Beatles. And you're like, are they like the Rolling Stones? I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. But I, I bring that up to say I had a realization that I think a game like this has the same kinds of aspirations as a game like Rock Band or Guitar Hero, where it's like, oh, 
nobody wants to put in the effort to be a professional skater, right? Nobody wants to put in the effort to be a, an Olympic athlete or professional basketball player, right? But they want to fantasize about being one in a way that is fairly realistic, right? Rock band and guitar hero are not like playing a real guitar, but it's way closer than just pushing buttons on the controller. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely just pushing buttons on the controller, but when they tried to make a controller that was like a skateboard deck and everyone just went, no, see, that's way more realistic than we wanted. We were happy yeah. on the couch with the controller and you know that didn't exist at this time in history. But looking back now, I am so glad that my nostalgia experience was sitting on the couch with the controller and not trying to stand on a balancing board in the middle of my living room and like breaking stuff when I fall down. Yes, for sure. And and I, I agree with you that this the, the SAT question that you pulled together of Tony Hawk is to <laughs> Tony, rock band too as um but is is correct because I believe that uh one of the core aesthetics for both is of course fantasy. Um as you kind of said, like the point is that you are fantasizing about these things. Um and yeah, absolutely. I mean that's kind of the the point of these games and uh, I'll get more into it later, but I did think that as far as making me feel like a skater, I thought I did a pretty good job. <laughs> so so before we jump into visuals, um, I need to do our housekeeping at the top. Uh, so we mentioned for the first time on the last episode, because these are not in chronological order, but we did mention for the first time in the last episode that, uh, you know, I'm doing some Twitch streaming, that we really appreciate it when people like leave reviews and, and you know, donate to the, the tip jar or subscribe to that Patreon. Um, and like a bunch of people actually did. And that's really sweet. And I really appreciate that. Um, so don't think that you doing that thing we asked goes unnoticed. Um, I got some very nice feedback. I shared some of it with you. Um, People following me on Twitch, people who gave us some money, which I think is very generous of them. Um, I, I saw there's actually, there was a new, I checked literally right before this recording, there's a new uh, review in iTunes. So we oh, really, yeah. yeah, we really do notice this stuff. We really do appreciate it. So uh, links in the show notes, please, you know, if you're able to uh, give money, that's appreciated. But if you're able to just give a little time in terms of, you know, leaving a review or, or following on Twitch or on uh, Twitter or something like that that's really the stuff that's the heartwarming. So you know, don't feel like you have to give money. Give give love. Love is good. Yeah, no, definitely the 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 time is great because you know as 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 our listeners, I we value your time more than anything else. So realistically, if you take five minutes to to leave a review, that is as though you from my seat gave us a thousand dollars as opposed to any amount that you would have given on Patreon. Because if we multiply that out, that would be what five times. Twelve, so a thousand dollars. That'd be twelve thousand dollars an hour. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what our listeners' time is worth. So. Yeah, I agree. I would cool. also like to have my time be worth that much. Um. I don't even know what to do with that kind of money. I mean, like, what, what what do you do? I mean, I know that people make that kind of money, and I just can't. I mean, twelve thousand dollars an hour. What is that annualized? That's actually God. That's way less than some people I, I know for oh, a yeah. fact or what. No, but but here's my segue. You know what I would do if I had that kind of money? Play Tony Hawk Pro Stairs too all day? No, I would pay the real Tony Hawk to explain to me what is going on with his face in this game. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't know what the real pro Tony Hawk's face looks like, so I just assume it looks like this. Yeah, I mean, th this is... It, I literally have in my notes for visuals, because now we're into visuals. I literally have in my notes for visuals, environment's good, people bad. Like, the, <laughs> the, the world actually is 
pretty straightforward. You can tell like that's probably a rail, that's probably a lip, that's probably a ramp. That right, like it's pretty clear what like the grade is, right? Because you can skate uphill, but you can't grind infinitely uphill. Like so the the world of the skater is very clear and and pretty crisp for this time in history. The people who inhabit that world are all nightmare creatures. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, I think that that's um, a good leveraging of resources, you know, because, yeah. you know, like, I mean, especially because you, you might as well, as far as being like the person on the board goes, I mean, like they, they are there purely for aesthetics, you know, I mean, like you could make the argument a little bit that they're there to you know, kind of let you know how your board is balancing on the rails, you know. As far as visuals in service of gameplay, the human is meaningless, you know. So, you know, I I'm, I think that, the, you know, saying like, well, this person is there purely as, I mean, it's odd to say, but the human is there as window dressing, you yeah. know. Like, this game would function as well, I believe, if literally you remove the person altogether and it was just a board going around doing all of that same stuff. It, the game would still function almost one to one. So, well, the, there's the, even little things where maybe in a more modern skating game they would. Uh, so, like when you do a manual, right, which is where you're, you know, it's a it's the skateboard version of a wheelie where you're just balancing like on the the back or front wheels only. There's their arms are out for balance. And if they gave it a really exaggerated animation, you could maybe use the angle of the arms to say like, Oh, if their arms get like this, they're going to fall down. But if they stay in this range, then I can continue this manual indefinitely. And there's an approximation of that, but they know it's not reliable enough. So they pop up a little like green to red with a yellow in between. That's like, how close are you to face planting into the concrete right now? And so even in places where it's like, oh, but you need to see like how well they're balancing. And it's like, yeah, even they didn't trust themselves to convey that information accurately. So if you lifted the human being off of the board in that case, and you just had a board magically balancing on two wheels, you'd still be using the little manual indicator to tell if you're balancing or not. So it's, I mean, I guess there's some tricks where you can see their hand go like onto the nose or onto the tail or like you can see them do like a funny posture because the the trick is the posture and then remounting the board. But those are the exception. In most cases, if the person model was not on the board at all, you would probably be fine. Yes. I mean, the only time when I mean, and again, it is window dressing, not mechanics thing. But, you know, when you're doing, oh, like like the eggplant or the gymnast or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's... those are probably real <laughs> it, it yeah i mean i dude, i don't know man you could i mean when i said egg, when i saw eggplant i'm like yeah probably um but but like when they're doing those poses like you know yes that it that the human figure is integral in that it is you know like they are holding on to the ground with their hand and like striking this pose but that being said it's again it's it's window dressing there's nothing on there that's like letting you know like, oh, well, as their hands start to shake or whatever, then they're going to fall down. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, as far as I, I would agree that, you know, these are very 007 level, you know, golden eye level like yeah. <laughs> polygon hoof hands, 
kind of uh, which mostly kind of is, is not a problem. It's the faces, but fortunately, it's a third person perspective, so you're almost always looking over the character model's shoulder. But mm-hmm. man, their faces leave a lot to be desired. Like that to me is the only part of the visuals that was immersion breaking because the way they chose to do the like gray cloud of facial shadows is just, it, it's just not normal. Like it, it, it was, it was a thing they tried because they were new to the 3d space and they had limited resources they could dedicate to the face, but it just, it is not aged well at all. I, I now want to, <laughs> I now think that one of the sickest burns you could say to somebody is your facial features leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that is a brutal thing to say to another human. <laughs> and I, I mean, really, really anything before they leaves a lot to be desired, right? Like, right. Any, oh yeah, yeah. I have found you wanting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's an, or or you know something the effect of like, uh, I appreciate the effort, you know. <laughs> Like I appreciate the effort that your facial features are making in trying to look attractive. Like you, you... this is not what Tony Hawk looks like. <laughs> and that's, I mean, really, my my central complaint is that these the facial features do not resemble the facial features of the person they are trying to resemble. Right? It's it's not merely that they are unconvincing faces. Period. It is also that you would not look at one face compared to another face. And if they're both similar skin tone, similar hairstyles, it's not like, oh, but he's got a really broad nose and close set eyes. And so obviously that's this guy and not that, right? Like that level of detail is just not there. But the the gray cloud that they just kind of do in place of a face, I, that's what I'm like, oh, this did not age well at all. This is the hoof hands <laughs> of the face. <laughs> Ah, uh, the hoof hands. Um, one thing that uh, I I really kind of liked, which is this is kind of a you know overarching. You know, I felt that it had like a good color palette. You know, I felt that uh, that it had textures that were um, not overly gritty. They were realistic but not gritty. You know, which has been a complaint of mine for many PlayStation games. Which oh, yeah. I may yeah, the PS one embraced the grain. Yes, yes, and 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 this whole area. Definitely. It was not cartoony. It was not over the top, you know, but uh, but it didn't feel like everything was gritty and sandpapery and like intrusive. I think that by this era in the PlayStation cycle, they had gotten to the point where they, you know, kind of figured out how to do realistic while not making it abrasive. So I thought they did a really good job on all that. Um, one of the things I thought they did a kind of a good job on and I don't know why, well, I do know why, but I, I'm not sure why my brain picked up on this so much, is the use of blood. Yeah, there's just, like, the little spray, but not always. Right. It, it's pretty yeah. It's pretty subtle. It is. It's very subtle, so it's not like Mortal Kombat, where, you know, just <laughs> people are gushing blood everywhere. Yeah, it's not but Quentin it is... Tarantino's Pro Skater. <laughs> <laughs> which i would play the crap out of if that existed tony hawk pro skater 2 developed by quentin tarantino yeah and then uh and and so if that were the case though then it would open with you know tony hawk just sitting at a table and you know another skater coming in in like an ss uniform and sitting down and asking for a glass of milk you know well, and it just in, be this... in the middle of some tricks it would just randomly go all black and white 
<laughs> but um, oh god, I'd play that game. Anyways, <laughs> that, that's not the point. The point is that <laughs> it's. I thought it was nice because it does. It did kind of give again, like if the the core aesthetic is fantasy, it did help with that because it didn't make me feel that my actions had no consequences. You know, like you don't have injuries like you would in real life because that would be a bummer, especially in career mode where it's like you ate it 15 times. You are now injured because you would be like, did you see how high you were when you fell onto your face? Like you, you broke your C5 vertebrae. You are in the hospital. $500 that you got for finding the secret tape ain't going to cover it, buddy. You don't have health insurance. Like that because that you are a bum- professional skater. <laughs> um that would bum me out. All of that would bum me out. But um there are really no repercussions for those types of failures. So having that kind of little nose blood and this is definitely a reach is um similar in style to the failure state in uh the last of us you know this in a is sense a that... reach. i'm excited for what you are about to say <laughs> <laughs> so it's nowhere near as done it, it is like saying that you know my my child's art is in similar vein to picasso's you know like <laughs> in that i can draw some corollaries but picasso's picasso and my child's a four-year-old so um but all that being said is that no because what what's the punishment for failure, and, and this is straying in the mechanics, I promise I'll bring it back to visuals, but what's the punishment for failure in The Last of Us? Death? Yes, but death isn't permanent, right? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, it's the it's similar to the punishment in this, which is lost time. Lost time and, and some degree of gruesomeness, right? Yeah. You know, which is that, you know, like it shows Joel's face getting ripped apart, and you're like, I don't want to see that, right? <laughs> so, Similarly, you know, you get set back a few seconds, you know, in the sense that or up to two minutes if you duffed it so bad that now you can't get your sick score, <laughs> as it were. Um, <laughs> good, good use of skater lingo. That's actually but that's what it's called no, I know in the game. It does, <laughs> but yes, but you remembered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it's like. I can't even remember the other two. I just remember like sick score. It's 75. It's something it's, pro and then sick. I think it's high, like just high Ooh, score. Yeah, yeah, high pro and sick. That might be right. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah. So, so you know, you get set back a small amount of time, and there is some degree of gruesomeness. So, uh, between the audio, which we'll get into an in audio, but like the fact that you like plant your face on the ground, it makes this like very distinct jerky motion because you clearly just plowed your nose into two feet of concrete, <laughs> you know, and then there's just a little bit of blood. You're like, Hugh. it just kind of give you this visceral feeling to where you're like i don't want to see that you know i'm not going to go so far wild and over the top that i'm just going to continue to plant my face into the ground because that's it's unpleasant the feeling that that makes me feel as a player which i thought was uh was nicely done yeah and i i think you're you're on to something because i think you can use uh like humans pretty reliable aversion to injury of pretty much any kind, even when it's through an avatar, like we have an aversion to pain. So that little blood spurt, the kind of unnatural movement when you like crash into something, I, I think you don't really have to, you don't have to say, Oh, how are we going to teach the player that's smashing their face into the ground? And then blood spurting out is, is feedback in the negative sense. Like it's, it's indicating 
the thing you don't want. It's a counter example, right? I I feel like that's universal enough that you don't really have to worry about that one, right? Could you imagine mm-hmm. if at the beginning of the game it showed like a little required demo and this Mega you, Man, hey Mega Man, yeah, and and you know Mega Man face plants in and the little blood spurts out and then it stops. And a little text box pops up, and it's like, when blood comes out, that's how you know you did something bad. Like, <laughs> It's that, like an arrow to the blood. Yeah, that would be unbelievably stupid, right? Like, there's... Yes. There are, you know, because if it's like a robot, like if it actually was Mega Man, and it's like, oh, when this little light goes off, that means Mega Man is hurt. It's like, yeah, because humans don't have a little light. But if your game is about realistic people doing very mostly possible things and then getting hurt in incredibly real ways like that visual feedback not only is that super good but it's some of the only visual feedback that would require zero explanation which is awesome Mm -hmm. yes which is is why and and i think it was leveraged very well actually i think that those there's a number of different ways that games can do that and this is going to stray a little bit but um i've been playing borderlands 3 recently and uh it's it's good um but they have uh some of the they, they they changed the weapons up enough that they're interesting again, you know, as opposed to like, if it was just a rehash of Borderlands 2, I'd be like, well, same stuff. But some of the gun, guns charge, and I did not know that, right? <laughs> so I was like firing the gun, it was like, bzz, you know, like not really doing much. I was like, oh, I think this gun needs to be charged. So I charged it up and fired it at somebody point blank range, and they blew apart into like <laughs> chunks. And so like, I'm just sitting there, I went, oh my God, you know, like, but it had that visceral response, right? You know, is it like, I was like, oh, and, and the thing is, I didn't see the numbers pop up, I, but I could tell you, I did a lot of damage, you know? So it's like, oh, <laughs> this is how that weapon's supposed to be used, is charged and up close and personal. I got all of that information by by that visual and me then going audibly, oh my god! Yeah, the, so, the uh, pink so... mist you reduced them to gave you a lot of useful information. <laughs> See, now I'm picturing some scientist in a lab. <laughs> it just shows from off camera like pink mist come across, and they're like, hmm, and like while covered in the pink mist, they're just taking notes, like curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> but. uh Anyways, I thought that, that the use of blood was good in this game. Yeah. No, I'm I'm <laughs> consistently surprised by how uh how hard it must actually be to walk that line of realistic but so actually not realistic that it's fun because if I had to stand on a physical skateboard controller, I suspect I would not find this fun in the way that I do if I can hold a video game controller in my hand. And if every time you smashed into the ground, it showed a hyper-realistic visual of them getting hurt, even if they then instantly recovered, right? Because those mm-hmm. one of those is mechanics and the other one is visual. So if it showed like a realistic bone breaking, but then they popped up and got right back onto the board, that that's that's a little too the last of us right i don't right i don't want to actually see the horrible knee injuries that tony hawk is suffering i'll just assume he's suffering horrible knee injuries but i need i do need to know that i failed that trick in a pretty spectacular way true and actually um you know because this is all kind of vaguely in visuals but <laughs> let's just as long as we're, we're running this thread down um i think that the reason why behind that that arguably you could say that they made this choice i don't know if they really did but why this choice would be made is because the theme of tony hawk is light-hearted pro skater not post-apocalyptic horror <laughs> not gritty it, pro skater 
<laughs> it's not Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> pro skater. It's Tony Hawk's pro skater. God, I want um, this game. I know, right? <laughs> Quentin Tarantino at us. Um, oh, man. Now I'd be excited. Anyway, that's not the point. So the point is that, like, if this was some grim post-apocalyptic, if, like, the theming of it wasn't, hey, this is a pro skater game. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's what it would feel like to be a pro skater. If it was supposed to be driving home, like, you know, this is some of the debilitating injuries. These are some of the problems with the sport. Like, if that was the takeaway, right? Um, then they they would go with those more intense visuals. So the reason why, you know, so similar, it's a similar tool, but it's it's twisted differently because of the theming of the game. And now that I'm thinking about it, right, like other fantasy games could benefit from that type of thing where if, for example, like Madden 2027, whatever they're doing, right, <laughs> is if they actually decided to say like, okay, we're now going to make a football game that really drives home how brutal this sport is on the the players right they could probably just take a madden game with all the mechanics make it just as quote-unquote fun but then ramp up the visuals to you know uh uh the last of us levels right and then exact same game but say like yeah but you know this is pretty brutal on the players so um but yeah but again that's not the theme of this game the theme of this game is is fun so i thought that you know it still was just kind of like hey just so you know this is this is a you are in a failure state this is not what you want to see happening uh but you know you you pop right back up and it's fine well i I think the theme of this game is fun is a way you can probably broadly categorize a lot of video games and and to me the in this game because of the the nature of it right there's no combat there's no prince or princess to say i know man i i i almost threw down with that go go kart whatever the golf cart oh person. yeah it's like the the custodian or the high schooler who's like also a ta or something yeah no i mean i think that was that was pretty aggressive combat you know he's pretty aggressive <laughs> you're minding your business there's also a yeah, bus driver yeah, but... who doesn't seem to understand that the bus wins over the skateboard <laughs> um but i i feel like the the biggest thumbs up in favor of how the visuals are used to support this being fun is that uh the coyote physics dial is set to maximum because every time you eat crap and you fail a trick or you didn't spin right like it is so visually clear that you screwed up you went face first into the wall your board was completely you know perpendicular to the 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 vector right it's like there there is no time that i ate it and i said like oh come on i totally should have let every time i ate crap i might have been angry i might have been very angry but every time i ate crap i was like yeah no that would have killed me right (laughs) because then there were tons and tons of times where i was like i landed that right like because no i didn't really land it but the coyote physics like the range of what they consider acceptable is massive and even to the point where when you say you just do like a, a 360 off of like a half pipe, that trick is worth, let's say, 500 points. If you land perfectly, that like, I think doubles it. And if you land sloppy, it's like half, right? So mm-hmm. the quality of your uh, landing or your execution of the trick matters fairly substantially since the game is largely about accruing points. And 
the the fact that not only do they have those boundaries, but they still put them way at the outside. Like there's a huge just normal landing area, and then you have to really screw up for it to be considered sloppy. And you've got to really, really, really nail it for it to be considered perfect. And I think that is the right way to do it because visually there were just so many times where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to crash. And then I didn't, or there's no way I should have successfully made that grind, but because I pressed the grind button and it would be more fun if I made it onto the rail, I just bamfed like a foot to the right. And now I'm on top of the rail. So even when it was visually jarring, it's only visually jarring for an instant because then you have to like keep skating, right? You have to return to whatever you're doing. And, and that's, the handful of times where the visual uh like the 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 visual of the coyote physics was so jarring that it then made me make a mistake pales in comparison to the number of times that it was delightful that i was like yeah i nailed it and it's like you didn't nail it yeah no and i think that um any any fan game where fantasy is you know like part of the aesthetic it's very important for that because again like the goal is to make you feel like a pro skater you're not <laughs> if you were you'd be out pro skating right so if you're constantly feeling like like a failure right then that that's going to cause issues and get into that more mechanics um so yeah so i'd say that definitely there there was there was a lot of give in that sense um, from for visually to to you know being like if you were if you were even in the realm of getting especially with grinding I think grinding in particular you know like if you were anywhere near a rail and you hit triangle you're gonna hit the grind now that being said is that if you I, I do feel the way that they kind of balance that is that the further off you are the worse kind of your starting position is you know so if you're that yeah dead that may on, be true. Yeah, so if you're, like, dead on, then you start kind of perfectly balanced, and you can typically grind a lot further than if you kind of, like, just barely made it on. They'll give it to you, but you're kind of starting off pretty far off balance, so you probably want to hop off pretty quickly, or at least that was my kind of experience with it. Um, And even if that was just your perception and mechanically that's not happening, that's still the way you should feel about it. You should mm -hmm. be more nervous going into a grind that you like barely got your board onto the rail compared to a grind that was like perfectly set up and is the, you know, textbook sick grind, bro. (laughs) The one thing that um, one of the complaints that I had um, about the kind of visuals was the camera overall is pretty decent. It really struggles when it puts you into small corners and hallways. Yeah, because it so desperately does not want to flip around behind you. It wants to just mm-hmm. stay behind you. So if you right. need to turn and essentially go toward the camera and there are walls on all sides of you, like in a dead yes. end in the school, like there's those little dead end hallways, the camera doesn't mm-hmm. handle that well at all. Well, the camera doesn't handle it well, and that because you know you you automatically reorient to like you hit the wall. So then, and this is good mechanically, which is then you know you don't really have to hit anything. Your skater just one eighties and then starts automatically skating out, right? So that's fine, but it doesn't reverse your um, your D pad, right? Right. So. So now I'm like, okay, well, I need to re- re-angle. So then I just hard into the wall again, <laughs> which then causes them to 180 and then start to go back out. So then I just hard wall. I mean, like, literally, <laughs> I probably 
grand total, spent about five minutes dinking around in hallways where I was like, <laughs> no, er, no, no, er, you know, I mean, again, each iteration of it was probably about 10 seconds. But, you know, I was just kind of, ooh, no, the game, the game was not made for this. And so then the, the thing that I question is, why have those hallways? Like the game's so poor at handling them. Why? I'm not sure why they kept them in the game because they never... I never came across an area where they had a small hallway like that, where they needed that hallway because there was that, that was the only way to get that sick rail in there, bro. And you know, like they, they just existed to add realism to the world, but it was so kind of broken mechanically. I was like, I could have just done without this hallway. I don't think that I would have been like, well, every school I've ever been to have hallways, sir. And I do not see a single hallway in this school. Like, so I was, I just, I wasn't sure why they decided to keep that. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's any, cause there's hallways that like connect areas, but the only dead end hallways that I can think of are in the school. Yes. So I agree with you that they're super not fun and didn't need to be there at all. But I suspect that they may have realized that they're super unfun, but kept them there because I think one of the monies, like the little money bonuses, is hidden in one of the hallways. So it's like if you're coming at it at an angle, you might miss it. And they also mm. use it for a poop joke because when you go into the hallways, that is those little dead ends, that is where the bathrooms are. And if you get close enough to the bathroom door, there is a poop joke. So... I, I'm pretty confident that someone play tested that and was like, getting stuck in this little dead end is really annoying. And they were like, but there's a bathroom joke and and we're not cutting that. <laughs> and uh, and if we're saying that, you know, it, things are OK as long as they give us more pleasure than pain, I would say that this <laughs> falls into the not OK arena in that it caused me more pain than pleasure. Although in my mind, I think that your time, the timelines reversed. I think that somebody said, man, messing around this hallway is really. <laughs> and then the person said, well, we're not going to cut the hallway, but you know what we can do. So, uh. So, yeah, so I think that, but I, like I said, the, the camera overall, I thought, did a very admirable job staying behind you. It's just whenever whenever you would get hit in a corner and then 180 in a way that the camera could not immediately get behind you, it would, sometimes I would struggle with figuring out, like, the fact that my D-pad was reversed, especially, and we'll get into this with mechanics, because of the time limit, sometimes I'd be kind of stressed and panicked, being like, I need to get turned around so that way I can like slide up against this wall so that way i can hit the bell yeah um wall or whatever ride. thing i was trying to do yeah uh so you know that so i'll be like i gotta turn around i gotta turn around and then like the act of doing that with the poor camera made that way worse like all of that then fell apart on me you yeah know? and and i i didn't think of it in the way you're describing it the thing that jumped out at me about the camera is very much not this game's fault but i don't honestly recall being as aware of this in other games we've played which is i was super aware that this game is four by three like i would love some peripheral vision because <laughs> there were times where i was like do i want to go is it over here right where i was trying to complete like a specific goal or I was trying to get a high score and I knew that there was a part of the level that like fit my play style best. So I wanted to get to that part of the level as quickly as possible so that I had the maximum amount of time to like get a six score, bro. And so I I caught myself more than once just going, I 
I, I feel like I have horse blinders on. Like I, I know that there's more world to my left and right, but it's like my eyes are trapped directly in front. And I, or, or, you know, it is, it's like, uh, in in movies like in in uh, office space he's got like the neck brace on so he's got to like mm-hmm. turn his entire body to look in another direction like it's it's, it's batman's cowl yeah <laughs> sure make back another driveway easier um, <laughs> so that like i mean we've played every game we've played that wasn't a nostalgia game has been in 4 by 3 and i do not remember up until now thinking Jesus Christ, I would really like to have some peripheral vision because as I leveled up my character and their speed went up, I became increasingly aware of having to turn my body because by the time I turned my body and then it took in my surroundings, I had covered way more distance because I got my speed up to maximum really early in the game. So mm. I was suffering with not being able to kind of like check my periphery and I realized that because I was looking up something, it's not related, but I was looking up something related to Tony Hawk and I saw a clip of the like HD re-release and in that HD re-release, there's a mini map and I was like, oh, so these, that would have been cool. These people got a mini map and a 16 by nine aspect ratio. Like what did they do with all that visual information? <laughs> because <laughs> an embarrassment because that's how you can that's how you can tell that our generation is good parents because we made the next generation's life so much easier. We are you know? good people, damn but, it. Yeah, no, because, I mean, we were sitting there. It's like, you know, in my day, we only had a four by three ratio and there was no mini map. It's just kind of like, whatever, Grandpa, go play jacks down by the swimming hole or whatever <laughs> it is that, that you did back then. Yeah, but that that was my my big thing with the camera is when... I was in a narrow hallway or when I was in a huge open space, but didn't know if I needed to go to the left or the right. And there were like small obstacles in this huge open space. Like Philadelphia has like little crap everywhere that can interrupt your forward momentum. I just constantly caught myself being like, man, I really wish I could like turn my head and look around without changing the direction I'm going in. Um, But yeah, that's kind of all I had for visuals. So audio oh oh we're doing i have maybe my weirdest audio note ever uh so yeah yeah i'm gonna let you start because i i think i think i know what you have to say about the audio in this game (laughs) um well as far as the the audio the music i mean it's all it's all late 90s music and and actually i really liked the music it definitely you know gets in your head forever and can never be undone (laughs) uh i don't think that that's any fault of the game i think that it's very very on theme you know so i think that having this feels like intentional choices by people who knew not like someone said what did the youths listen to right so i mean i think that the i think the choice was very apt i definitely it definitely got wearisome over time but you know, <laughs> I when I opened all of the doors for this video game, they were only this music came out and I realized it never could have been anything else. You know, like what else would it have been? You know, I know I don't like to just sit here, sit here and complain. Typically, if I say like, oh, well, what we should have done is no, this is this is what the, the music needed to be. Uh, the, the one downside, though, is because, you know, the time limit on each stage is two minutes 
you never get to hear the whole song. You only get to hear enough of it for your brain to try to finish the rest of it on its own. And you don't remember the rest of it because you haven't heard that song in 20 years. So, you know, it just loops in your brain forever. So that's kind of a downside. Again, there's don't know also what else I would not do enough it. to prevent that, right? Not only do you not get to hear the whole song, but there's only like six songs, right? If there were right. hundreds of songs that it chose randomly from, then you would be way less likely to be like, oh God, this, the same two minutes of this song again. Like, I love Rage Against the Machine, but like, I. <laughs> so here's, here's what you should do is you should go into the options menu, turn off the sound, leave the sound effects on, as we'll get into in a bit. Then bring up Spotify and put in late 90s playlist and then play the game. That's, yeah, that's what you should do. Yeah. So this is what I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Keeping this focused on the video games for a moment, um, there was a time in, I think, the mid to late 2000s when I swear, and maybe this was a PC gamer thing, maybe it was an Xbox thing, but I swear everyone was complaining if video games that they bought did not allow you to specifically play your own music. Because for a while, there were games... That like now that you know the Xbox and the PlayStation could like store MP3s, there were actually games that had settings baked in that were like play your garbage music instead of our garbage music. And in certain games, that's like like this, like Tony Hawk, um, the like cool borders, right? A game where I'm imagining I'm this person and I can also imagine having my own headphones in. That makes total sense. But to play your own rando music over like a fantasy game or like a sci-fi game, that's kind of weird. Do you want to know how I know that's kind of weird? Because in Metal Gear Solid 4, they were sponsored by Apple. And you literally have an iPod. And you can literally listen to music while you're like on these super secret spy super soldier missions. And hmm. one of the things you can listen to is a podcast about the making of the game. That's weird. Yeah, it is. So That's very immersion breaking. Yes. And I mean Hideo Kojima loves that crap, but like in a game like this, yes, absolutely. Like I guarantee you without having observed this, I am 100% confident that the later Tony Hawks definitely allowed you to play your own music off of your console, right? Like once that was a thing. On the PS1, it was not a thing, right? So they're they're playing music you could have maybe had the albums laying around for, but you couldn't swap in a music CD, right? But what you could do right. was turn the music all the way down and then leave the sound effects up and play your own music, right? And this brings me to my weird story. I had the George Carlin Back in Town album. Uh, the reason I can so confidently quote huge chunks of that album are because... <laughs> For whatever reason, that was my alternative to the music in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Interesting. And that, hmm. that is such a deep connection in my mind that when we decided to replay this, without even thinking about it, I went looking for how I would stream that music because I don't have the physical CD anymore. Yeah, no, that's... That is a connection, man. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and I have... This is where I know I've evolved as a person because... I, you know, George Carlin, like whether you like him or not, some of the things he says are more controversial than others. And I found myself, you know, laughing right along. Couldn't, couldn't, 
couldn't one arguably say that about anything that anybody's ever said? But he is a shock comic. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say. It was like, like yeah. every but yes. for everything, some some things are more than others. Like the minute you say two things, one of them was more controversial than the other. In fact, what I just said is probably more controversial than some of the other things I've said. No, but yeah, I yeah. That. I mean, some of his shock comedy is more, more especially because sh- as he got older, right? Like he went way more into like violence against political figures, and he really went like kind of crazy <laughs> as he. Since he made 147 comedy albums, he was running out of stuff to say. Um, so I, I, I noticed that there were parts that I no longer found like funny and witty and clever now that I'm not a teenager. But there were definitely parts where I was just like, I can almost connect this to like levels and tricks. Like, can I only land this specific trick during the part where he's talking about fencing off entire states and using them as like prison farms. Like it's, it's just such a weird cause I don't listen to a ton of comedy and I definitely didn't spend any of my life in this put on your own music while you're playing this video game craze that was like around for a while, except here, except for this mm. one game where I have this incredibly tight connection with Tony Hawk and George Carlin, right? Not Tony Hawk and the music that my, you know, high school girlfriend and I listened to. Or it's not Tony Hawk and, you know, what was popular at that time on the radio because I just had the radio playing. It's Tony Hawk and George Carlin, which I may be the only person on earth who did that. George Carlin prevent, presents uh, Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Oh, man. This is like... We're getting into some crazy. Oh, you know what? Um, we would have to like pay his estate, which I bet Quentin Tarantino would be all about because he'd be like, "Oh, it's super macabre because George Carlin's dead," and like it's commentary on how injured these poor skaters get. We could make this happen, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, this would be our Mars attack of a video <laughs> game. You know, where it's just why are all of these like a-list actors all signed on to this weird freaking movie and it's like that doesn't matter doesn't matter don't worry about it the answer is don't think about it morty yeah but um, uh the the main takeaway from this is uh one i should not have been listening to this album when i was a teenager because oh my god uh <laughs> and uh and two i i realized i must not have played a lot of games where the idea of not only turning down the music, but then seeking out my own music was even a thing because like, this is basically the only game I associate that with. Like I would never turn down the music in like Zelda or final fantasy, right? Like I want that music. I seek out that music, right? In other contexts. But in this game, particularly when you only have like the six songs, it's like, eh, I think I've heard enough of this. Remember that one time when uh, uh, we went out and we both um, – uh, I forgot what we were doing, but we both had to like sign that, that one sheet of paper and hand it over. That was actually when you legally signed over your right to choose the music while <laughs> playing a Zelda game. I don't know if you know. Uh, well, but I mean it works out then because I, I, I wasn't going to. There are going to be dramatic legal repercussions <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you ever – like I, I don't really want to get into the details of it, but you, I mean you like all of your toes, right? Like all ten of them? I mean, yes, <laughs> I have favorites, oh. but I'd rather you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you would say that some are more favorite than others, That's right? Some are more yeah. controversial than others. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's worth mentioning that uh, 
just like there is visually a lot of uh, serious getting hurt, uh, there's a lot of sound yes. effects to back that up. Yeah, no, that's literally my next note, which is sound <laughs> effects when you hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, and again, it just, I, I, and I don't want to like beat a beat a dead horse or continue to feed a fat horse, I guess, because this is praise, so it's not like a negative thing. But, um, but this horse is getting start start. <laughs> this horse hears the word morbidly more often than most most horses do. Um, but yeah, no, is it? Yes, is is the the sound effects are very, very much so. You know, like when you hit the ground, it's like it's this distinct kind of like thud where it's almost almost like a crack. You know, like it it's visceral. You know, it it is very cleanly and clearly clearly letting you know that a you're in a failure state and b you don't want to be there very often. You know, so uh, so yeah, no, I thought that those sound effects were were very apt. When I I remember there was. Another, for some reason, I did not play Tony Hawk Pro Skater very much, and I didn't play any of the later ones very much. But this is the one, like, this was my, this was my summer of 69, right? Like, this is when all the craziness happened. And I remember distinctly trying to go back and play another brand's, it was, like, called Skate or something. Like, another brand's skating game that was supposed to be, like, super fun, like, years after this. And... I swear to God, this has a tie to audio in no, I'm serious. You're going to be amazed in whatever that game was. When you ate crap for some godforsaken reason, they chose to include you having to then go and get your board from like wherever it had. Right. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gross. Oh, super gross. Yeah. And the way that that ties to audio is I realized while taking notes for this episode that when you eat crap, it makes the sound of your board like flopping away and like you can hear the wood, like the deck bouncing off the concrete, but you don't have to then go pick it up. They're just letting you know like, oh man, like you definitely fell like board first into the concrete. And and I, I thought that that was an interesting little auditory note because the visual's not really there. There is not really a clear visual that indicates like, oh, man, the board would have gone flying just now. But they do kind of play the auditory cue of, oh, man, the board would have just went flying. And you know what? That's enough. Please do not make my avatar go chase the skateboard down like an asshole. Yes, because, again, the whole point of a fantasy game is if I wanted to run around chasing this board like a jerk, then I'd be out skating like a jerk. So, you know, like. Yeah, no, the the game should not be wasting your time like that. The two or three seconds is all you need to tell the f- p- player you failed, you lost three seconds, which if your entire time is two minutes is substantial, you know, and that's it. You don't need to go running around chasing your dumb board or God forbid, like, you you know, with surfing where you have to go get your surfboard. <laughs> oh, what are we, God. animals? Um, lose a war. Did, did you, okay, so when you played through the career, did you play as one of the pro skaters or did you build a skater? I played as Tony Hawk, dude. It's not called build a skater two. It's called Tony Hawk's pro skater two. Okay. So for a reason I could not even begin to explain, there's like one skater that's a woman. And mm-hmm. I feel like I must've played as her when I was a kid. Cause I just, without even thinking, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to play as what's her name. Like, I don't even know. Um, Maybe it's because she has a white T-shirt on and it's just like it's really easy to pick her out from the environment because she's just in an all white Mm -hmm. T-shirt. But Mm -hmm. 
one of the weird side effects of playing as her is like I have a fairly deep voice and she does not. So when she eats crap and she like smashes her face into something and she goes like, uh, like it's noticeable that it's, it's a woman's voice and not my voice. And it's extra noticeable when I ate crap so hard that I went, Oh, like at the same time that she does it. <laughs> and you can like hear like the stereo. And so now it sounds like the whole audience is like, Ooh, right. Um, yes. Yes. I imagine that being a stark <laughs> difference. If nothing else, the difference between yours and a woman's voice. Like I would never, you, if if you were to ever com- conflate those two things, you'd have a Doctor Misses the Monarch kind of situation. Yeah, you know. No, I, I remember being very happy as a, a young man when I realized that when I answered the phone at home, no one called me Mrs. Lyons anymore. They started calling me Mister Lyons, and I was like, oh, nice. my, my voice must have changed at some point. Woohoo! Um, the one other note I had for audio was just in the um, the school level, the 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 guy on the the golf cart going, coming through, dude. It was like, <laughs> yes. Oh, look, we must be in the nineties. You know, it was just there. You know, because a few times he would come by me, I hear like honk honk. You know, and I was all right, whatever. And then the minute he hit me again, all of a sudden I was back in the hotel and I opened the door and it never could have been anything else because of, coming through, dude, I'm like, cause of course that's what he says. Cause what else would he possibly say? You know, Hey man, what are you doing? Whatever, whatever dumb thing he says, but it's, it's all, I mean, no matter, I, I forget, I think the school is in Southern California. So I guess that holds up, but the school level, but anyways, whatever it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly what you would expect, and I don't know why. I don't know what I was expecting, but I should not have expected anything else. So to broaden out, I think a little bit like what you're you're kind of possibly hinting at is, I felt like the visuals were very realistic when they needed to be, and then they dialed down the realism and you know spots we talked about. But the sound effects are hyper realistic when it comes to like the sound the board makes when it's grinding right and the different grinds a different part of the board is on so like if it's a 50 50 the trucks are on the rail if it's a board slide then the board is on the rail right one makes like a wood scraping noise and the other one makes a metal scraping noise and they're like they're good like they're they actually help you occasionally identify the trick a little bit or kind of have like a better sense of what's going on but all of the other sound effects are actually kind of super cartoony and and like by that, I, I guess I really mean like playful. And I noticed mm-hmm. it with yeah, a few things. Fair. Like when you you get the money, like when you get like, the, you know, there's like random money floating around the levels. It makes like a super old fashioned like cha-ching register noise, right? Yeah, it does. When you uh, complete certain goals, it makes this super 90s like wiki wiki record scratchy kind of like. Not like you failed record scratching, but like a DJ like mixing a song kind of record scratching. What what exactly would that sound like? Like a there yeah. it is. Um, and I swear to God, if you go back and play the game, that was actually not that bad of an impression. It's just in isolation, it sounded stupid, but it's actually not that far off. Um, no, if if they if they if they wanted to hear the real <laughs> noise, they could. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm very proud of what I've done today. <laughs> uh, but the the place that it actually jumped out at me was it's a silly usage of a realistic noise, which is every time you land a trick, it makes a camera shutter. I did not notice that. Yeah, it's really subtle. But if you have the music turned way down, you're more likely to notice it. But it's um, it it's because 
like in between levels there's like bonus you can actually watch like the secret tapes that you unlock like you watch real footage of real pro skaters sometimes getting tragically injured um <laughs> but but there's like that's i think the thing they were tying together is that you are not just out in the world you are a professional skater there is an audience and some of those people would be taking video and photography of what you're doing. So the fact that every time you screw up a trick, it makes like kind of the sad, like record scratchy noise or, and your score like slides off the bottom of the screen. Like you see how many points you would have gotten. And then they like bleed off literally like they turn red and bleed off screen. But when you nail it, it makes this little camera shutter noise. And I was just like, Oh, I like that. That's like, because that was a good trick. So that's the one that they would have wanted the picture of. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, do you have any thoughts for audio? Uh, no. No, I think we're good. Mechanics? Upward and onward. Um, so one of the things that I think is interesting with this particular game is its heavy use of RPG mechanics. And... <laughs> So you you may uh, be aware of this, but there's a uh, a culture war that waged for a little while when we were like college age about nerds trying to convince jocks that uh, Madden games had basically become RPGs because it's mm-hmm. like oh you can make them go to the gym and they get stronger and then like their stats go up and it's like uh huh sounds a lot yeah. like D and D there except that you're playing football but you're still essentially playing an RPG. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand it, man. You know, like, like you, they, 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 their stats go up so that way they can play a game better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, like, they, they get, but they get paid, though, too, so they can use that money to buy, like, better equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, like, you can follow their whole career, and it kind of creates this kind of, like, little, like, narrative as you follow them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. That's for nerds. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there are, yes, there are I- RPG elements in this. There are, and I thought that was just kind of an interesting choice. I thought it was a very good one. I thought that it, um, I mean, I like RPGs, so, you know, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> shouldn't be surprising that I, I enjoyed this this choice. Um, I did not think that uh, they did it in a particularly poor way in the sense of like, hey, we have added RPG elements to elongate this game. I do think that they approached it in a way to try to enhance the game, not just, you know, say like, hey, you know, you could play through this. You could get everything out of this game in 20 minutes if, you know, we just gave you the whole game. So first you have to get $1,000 to get to this next course, then $3,000, then so on and so forth. So it was it did have that kind of unfolding element. But I would not have thought if somebody said you need to make a skating game, I would not have thought, yes, and I need to add RPG elements to it, you know. Um, but I thought that uh, I thought that it really added a lot of kind of replay value and created a way for somebody who does not care about skating culture to kind of get into it you know because if you had somebody who just not a skater doesn't really care about skating or anything like that then uh you know they'd be like okay well i did the 20 tricks or whatever all right i'm done but it's like no but i can get better at the tricks through career mode and so that gives like a reason to kind of like well i don't you know yeah fine i've done an eggplant but now i can do it longer and better and i can see the improvement over time so i think that uh i think that that really enhanced the game and it wasn't an obvious choice but i think that it really rounded out the game 
Well, no, for me, and and I I respect that what I'm about to say is entirely colored by my game's literacy with this particular game, and that this may be more true or less true for for other people based on their game's literacy. But what the RPG elements, the stat, you know, changes, what that did for my experience is it allowed me to blend my improvement as a player with my avatar's improvement in universe. And that seems like a really, really fine line to walk because if like one, one of the skills you can raise up is rail balance. And so if you max that out and that made it impossible to fall off of a rail, that would not be realistic. Even Tony Hawk still eats it off of a rail sometimes. So as I got better at the mechanic of balancing, if I also invested in the stat of balancing, that allowed me to like have my avatar get better, but also I, the player, was literally getting better at the controls. And then with stats like speed, there are certain tricks that you can only do if you are in the air long enough, right? Like, just think of a basic spin. Like, if you're only in the air long enough to do a 180, then it doesn't matter how good of your, like, how good your landing is, unless you are able to spin faster or be in the air longer, then you cannot do more successive rotations, right? So as I got better at landing spins accurately and I was able to spin faster and my avatar was able to approach the ramp going faster, I was able to, like I had the tools to do more spins, but I still had to execute the trick. And and I was just, when it, the more I thought about it, I was just like, this seems almost impossible. Like how... How must they have tuned that so that the stats helped out worse players without the game being unplayable until they had higher stats? Because otherwise, you'd never have the money to raise your stats. And how did they make the stat boost useful enough that an expert player felt like raising their stats was a worthwhile thing to spend money on? Like, that's servicing those two extremes must have been an incredible design challenge. And at least for wherever I fall on that spectrum, I was like, this is amazing. Like my avatar is getting stronger and I'm getting stronger. That almost never happens. It's usually all me or all the avatar, or it's an obvious unbalance where it's mostly me and a little bit, the avatar or mostly the avatar and a little bit me, but this felt like parallel. It was incredible. (laughs) Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely saw that. Um, one of the things, and so like I didn't, I, I felt that uh, from my experience, I didn't feel that the improvement curve for okay, no, <laughs> I have I have to to premise this. This is definitely a bias of mine. Even even when I was younger, I just I could not possibly have cared less about skating culture. You know, <laughs> even. Even when it was like super popular and all this sort of stuff, I I remember my nostalgia goggles for this culture, right? Is and again, nothing against the people who do it, people who are into it. That's entirely fine. Like I don't think that it's dumb. I just don't care about it. Sure, you know. So I remember at one point one of my friends said like, "Oh man, you got to like you know come back and like he showed me like a couple of these tricks he could do." And I remember staring at it and then looking at him and saying, 
I cannot imagine spending the time it would take to acquire this skill without a clearer understanding of who will be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the thing is that, and, and, and so for the, the game feel where you had said like, oh, well, you know, the game really gives you a lot of get with the coyote physics. It absolutely does. Right. The problem is that I it personally am very bad at this game and it really made me feel so here's why i say it does a good job with fantasy because it made me feel exactly like i felt when i was on a skateboard <laughs> which was completely inept you know so it's like so realistic it was no because i mean you know like i said like skateboarding i mean dude you you know me man we we've been surfing and i cannot surf to save my life i can beat somebody to death with a surfboard yeah. to save my life yes. but if they... <laughs> no you you have a lot of talents but like everyone who has ever lived there are things you're not good at and board yes. sports is one of them one of a, a huge blind spot right so i mean like as i was playing the game you know when i i got so frustrated a number of times where i was like yep yep this is what it feels like to be a skater because i just tried to jump three or four times and i jumped wrong or not right or hit hit the thing wrong or whatever you know so for me personally i did not feel that um my skill level was able to like that i i, I was in that doldrum of i wasn't good enough to get money to curb my lack of skill at the game you know but the game did do something interesting which is I, i'm not sure how i feel about it but is that you mentioned something before which i am going to mildly disagree on, with you on which is you said that the game is mostly about accumulating points and i can tell you that about a third of the game is about accumulating points because all of your goals for the the, the levels only about a third of them have anything to do with skating well. You know, yeah, the other one... It's it's probably about the other two-thirds are um, not hide-and-go-seek. They're, uh, they're, they're hunting. You're, you're, you are yeah. searching out items or specific parts of the level. And, and then right, occasionally exactly. it's like, do this trick in this place. Right. But even knowing where the place is is something you have to go and find and discover, you know? The, the um, thing that might bump it up to 50-50 in the career mode points to arbitrary tasks is there are three competitions and all the competitions are points only. Mm, so that mm -hmm. if you took the total number of goals in the game and laid them all mm -hmm. out, it might be 50% points and 50% fetch quests. Okay, so somebody who listens to the show, chug this math for us, because we, we are legally not allowed to do research outside of the game. We, we signed that contract. It was the Zelda contract. It was the same contract. That feels um, like a broad but, uh, contract. It was. I was really surprised you signed it, but that's neither here nor there. Um but yeah, so I thought that so that was the thing is that you know there was a lot of stuff where it was like go find these things. And I'm not sure how I felt about it, because on the one hand is that does give somebody who's just not great at the tricks a way to advance. Cause it's like, well, you don't necessarily have to do the tricks. You can just go find the word skate or go whatever. But because of that, and because you really only have two minutes at a shot, so you can't, it, you would have to really know what you're doing to hit multiple goals all in one go, you know? Yeah. You you'd, would, you'd have you to know where those items are to complete a bunch of fetch quests all in two minutes. Right, exactly. So you would have had to have played the game before, which probably means that you're not dealing with, you know, that, that kind of skill barrier. You, you've played the game before. Um, so on the one hand, I thought it was nice to kind of, you know, give you a, a non-point-based avenue. But that being said, then, I was 
every time I started, I, I was split between, do I want to spend time really trying to figure out where I can go to get a six score, like a tremendous amount of points, or do I want to kind of skate around and see if I can find all of these dumb hall passes or whatever, right? So it really kind of split my attention. What I personally would have preferred would have been a larger gradation of the points, you know, mm-hmm. to say like, as opposed to, 10,000, 25,000, 75,000, right? Like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, you know, something like that. And and for each one, increasing amounts of money. That would have been closer to the fantasy for me as well. And then maybe one or two where it's like, find this secret thing. And that's really for like, you've, you've played the heck out of it. You know the level and, you know, maybe you just want that little bit of extra out of the game. That would have focused me into being a better, better with the tricks, you know? So, he, but here's, here's my thought and I'm piecing this together hearing your, your counter argument. So the game has th- in the career mode, there are three contests or competitions and the competitions, you can only move forward if you medal in them and you can only medal by getting a certain score or above, right? Mm-hmm. That means that there are barriers that you cannot pass without being able to do tricksy tricks and get a high score, right? So what I am wondering is the game is about being the best skater you can be. All of the other collecting skate, collecting the bells, collecting the hall passes, collecting the whatever, finding money in the level, that money is to power up your avatar Mm -hmm. So that your avatar can now overcome these skill barriers so that you can get high enough points to progress through the game. Because there's nowhere in the game where they say you cannot go beyond this point without completing this fetch quest. But there are three points in the game where they say you cannot go beyond this point without being a better skater in the literal sense. Right. And so and like I said, I think that um, I then what what. I would have recommended and again, you know, I've never made a video game, but is maybe even making those two separate modes, you know, to say like, you know, there's the exploration mode where it also counts towards your career, but where you're, you know, and they could elongate the time on it, you know, to say like, okay, give you a little bit more time to go find some of this stuff, you know, but, um, but I really would have preferred, you know, for them to say like, okay, you know, cause, cause here's, here's the, the, the effect that it had on me as a player was, once I had the first two, I never even attempted for a six score because I knew I would never get there. You know, I mean, like even on the one where, you know, I went back to the first level, which is just made to get, get you points. The most I ever got was 50,000 and you had to get 75 in order to get a six score. You know, so I'm like, I'm not I'm just so basically when I was looking at like the school level, I, I literally looked at it. I tried to get a decent score a few times and then I was just kind of like, I am never going to get a decent score on this level. I got the first one. I'm never going to hit the second or third one. So now this is, this game is not at all about doing sick tricks. This game is now entirely about fetching, you know? And so, and then that became frustrating because, you know, like one of the high money items is finding the secret tape. So then I went online and was like, how do I go and get this? And it's like, we have to do this specific series of wild things that are not really about being a good skater it's about you know almost glitching the mechanics of the game yeah you, you know you have to so, do some weird like okay go off this ramp and then land this grind to get up onto this high structure which would never work in real world physics 
Right. So all of that was, like I said, like I would have preferred instead for them to say, you know, you don't need to get this absurd score in order to move on or in order to get enough money to boost your avatar to couple that up. I would have instead preferred keep try new, weird and interesting ways to do to do tricks, you know, or even alternatively, just points directly correlate to money, you know, so you could potentially, you know, grind out over time, you know, like enough money to boost up your avatar if you needed to you know yeah i mean you, but, there is a it feels like they went for an 80 percent uh solution and I, I don't mean oh they only addressed 80 percent of the people i mean they were specifically aiming for a certain games literacy and they went for the broadest one they could right so it's like if you are below this skill level, here's how you can level up your avatar. And then that will help push you up above that skill level. Cause you're faster. You can spin faster. Your balance is better. Your avatars got those attributes. And if you're way up at the, the top of the game's literacy, then there's lots of opportunities to just be a nonstop show off. Cause that's what the game is, right? It's, yes. it's being a pro skater. But if you are, if your game's literacy was too high, Although I, I can imagine that being difficult, but I, you could be good enough at this that it was no longer fun, right? And you could certainly be not good enough at it that it's not really that fun because you're like, <laughs> I can't use I can't use the flotation device they gave me because it's meant for a child and I'm I'm too big. So like, yeah, you gave me a flotation device, but I am still drowning. And and then and then I'll leave this point alone. And then also just, you know, again, not only in the number of challenges, but in the sheer money rewarded. I mean, yeah. like, for example, in the first stage, it's 150, I think 250 and then five hundred dollars. Right. So that's a grand total of eight hundred bucks. You know, all of the other ones totaled up together eclipse that, you know, oh, substantially. So, yeah. So, I mean, it is literally the game is incentivizing you to not be a pro skater it's incentivizing you to screw around and hunt in the in the in the course so again you know from my seat i would have rather had said the game be like look there's one or two minor things that either a a completely different game mode where it's like if you want to screw around and find it then this is your mode and you can dump this money in or there's one or two secret things that you could potentially look for but if you want to if you want to progress in this game it's it's all about those sick tricks bro you know well i think you you said this uh, a minute ago, but I'm going to restate it kind of like really acutely, which is the career mode is the only way to earn money because there is a free skate mode, which I actually think is kind of cool that you can just play any of the levels you've unlocked and just go wander around endlessly with no time limit. But you, if you're playing with an avatar that isn't able to do things you're trying to do, then there's no way to make that avatar better in the free skate mode. And if you're trying to progress in the career, the only thing the free skate mode lets you do is improve as a player. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to devalue that, but there's no way outside of the career to improve your avatar. So if the thing you need to get over your personal skill hump is to improve the avatar because you are not as a player willing to invest the time to improve as the player, then you you will eventually hit the number of options the game gives you. It's just like, well, you can go hunt for crap and then level up your avatar and then come back and try and get a six score, but you got to do it in two minute increments, which can get frustrating, right? Like there's a few fetch quests that I just didn't do. Like one of them yeah. in uh, the Venice beach level, there's like a bum and you have to mm-hmm. Ollie the magic bum. 
he's like sleep. It's kind of sad, really. But like, yeah, I was gonna say that's that that didn't age well. Yeah, no. <laughs> but there's like a guy, like a homeless guy, sleeping on like a cardboard sheet, and you have to ollie over him. But he moves each time you ollie over him, so you have to find and ollie him five times. And I probably tried that fetch quest a dozen times before I was just like, this isn't fun because the way, the only way to do this would be to leave the level in career mode, go into free skate, go find the five spots that have the cardboard on the ground because I know he's going to go to them and then go back to career mode and guess at the order. Cause he always starts on the same one, but I don't know which one he goes to next. And he always goes in the same order, but it's like, I have to learn their locations and then learn the order and do that part in the two minutes. And like, I was just like, this isn't, I don't want to do this. Like, this is just, I just left that goal uncompleted. Cause I was like, this is not fun. Like this is not a fun goal. And there's no way for me to get the information I need, even though I'm capable of executing the task. I don't have the information I need to execute the task and acquiring that information, wandering around aimlessly in two minute chunks and making notes about where the bum is sleeping. is just not fun. So I left that one uncompleted. Some of the other ones where it was like, Oh, you have to grind along this thing and then jump off and then you get up here. And that's how you get like the letter K and the word skate. Like that stuff I found frustrating, but fun. Right. But some of the goals, not so much. And to your point, there's just no they decided on the ways you can level up your avatar and they decided on the ways you can level up your skill by providing the free skate mode. And there are, that's it. And and that's for better or worse. That's what they put all of their time and resources into. And like, for me, that was fine for you less so. Right. And, uh, and the one other thing that, um, I have for just mechanics, I mean, tons of notes, but I, I don't want to run too long. Um, but, uh, was that I don't understand the point of single session mode yeah i actually had that exact same question because i was like <laughs> i don't like i don't get what, money why is this because kids are too stupid to keep like a two minute timer going <laughs> well yeah, but i mean that that mode is also time that was a weird but thing, i'm saying right? like it the only difference yeah. between that and free skate is you don't get money for yeah it. like why would you not just play career levels Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, like, I was, I was just kind of like. So basically, the the only upside to this is that I can't possibly succeed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it just it it, it baffled me because when I saw you know single skate, as I was like, oh, this is what my mind assumed was that it was free skate mode because I was just going in order and I didn't see free skate mode yet, right? So I was like, oh well, and so I went into it thinking I will just skate around and i'll find all the stuff and then i'll go back to career mode and bring those skills in which is what free skate mode is for and i was like oh this mode's also timed well why would i ever do this you know i just i don't that was such a weird ad you know yeah no it it almost feels like they were just like oh well it's it's there like the levels are there so we'll just let you play them with the clock running and it's like yeah but i can't collect any money or complete any goals and it's like "Uh uh-huh it's like then why would i do this yeah. yeah. No, no I, I, I do think it's worth calling out um, another mode they added that is awesome, but I'm not the kind of person who gives a crap about it, which is the level editor. Oh yeah, yeah that 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 is something we should mention. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm I I don't know about you, but I'm I, if I'm going to play a game where I have like level design tools, 
the game designers have to have really designed that experience for me, right? Like, like I love Little Big Planet. Like the first and second, the third one's kind of weird, but the first and second Little Big Planet games are so fun, and I give zero craps about building my own worlds. Right? I love Super Mario Brother games. I probably will never play Mario Maker. Like, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Like, but like. No. Then when you look at a game like Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley, I've literally played Stardew Valley for hundreds of hours. I know this because I've been playing it on Steam, and so I can see exactly how much of my life I've sunk into that game. And it's like, why is laying down fake crops and fences super enthralling to me, but building a fake skate park is not super enthralling to me? I don't know. But but what I, I think is important about this time in history is they had enough horsepower to include some of these kinds of use our own tools to do whatever you want, which for a long time had been mostly reserved for PC gaming, right? Like excite bike, let you build your own track, but that's because there's nothing in excite bike, the storage. They probably used a quarter of the storage on that Nintendo cartridge. Whereas in Tony Hawk, like there's a lot of music, there's a lot of visuals. There's literally full video clips of like real video. And there's a lot of it. Like they were probably pushing the boundaries of what that CD could hold. And to spend some space on the level editor, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Excite Bike did it first, you know? <laughs> Simpsons mean, did it. <laughs> basically, this whole game is just a ripoff of Excite Bike. I mean, like, think about it, right? You know, you, know, you sit there, you press buttons, you do sick tricks, you know? Um, yeah, I remember a lot only of sick da- scores in Excite Bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only downside is that there's, I mean, it's worse, and actually, because, you know, like, there's no, you know, purple biker to for you to, like, exact your rage upon you know i like that the idea of not having another human being to take your own frustrations out on is considered a regression (laughs) absolutely it is i mean (laughs) hands down now actually uh, i think that that speaks to the fact that you know on on bartle's taxonomy i definitely register to some degree as a killer so (laughs) you know but, but yeah, anyway, I just thought like level editor, not, not my thing, gave zero craps, spent no time with it. Didn't spend any time with it when I was a kid, but I do respect and appreciate that it's there. Yes, I, I do too, because I think that it's something that many people would give a crap about and absolutely spend time in and say like, Hey, I built this cool level. Like let's play it together. Adds replay value, adds depth to the game. Could not have cared less. Didn't touch it at all. Like I went into it just to see that it existed and I was like, oh, hey, ooh, a ramp. Ooh, another ramp. I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> Just and went back. The one thing that, that's a little strange about it is they included a bunch of example level designer levels because they have slightly different restrictions than like the career mode levels. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? Why do I have to launch the level editor to play these levels? Like, why can I not just choose these levels in free skate? Like, it's just a. I think it's honestly just an oversight, but I was like, there's like 10 extra levels in here. You you, you actually can, but they're only available in single skate mode. Oh, <laughs> Damn you, single that's, skate. That's the whole point of that is it's just, they were like, how can we make single skate even more obscure and frustrating? It's like, well, what if we put 10 extra levels in there? 
but that's the only way. And we don't tell anyone. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's hot. And also there's one extra song, but there's only a one in 256 chance that it plays. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, the, 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 the song is just a, a, a Quentin Tarantino like riff from uh, I was going to say banana phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either banana. No, you know what it'd have to be. It'd have to be an Excite Bike track. There you go. Because this game is, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. Uh, so, um, did did it hold up? So I think I could probably make guesses about what you're going to say, um, but for me, uh, I actually I say no nostalgia goggles required, um, and the reason for that is the fact that it's a four three screen is dated but it's not experience breaking it's just frustrating and the graphics you know the everyone has their halloween horror face on but otherwise like they're just low poly like it's not really that big of a deal the thing that made me fall firmly on no nostalgia goggles needed was does playing this game feel fair and unfair and fun and unfun and consistent with the way it was in my memory? And the answer is, yeah, totally, right? Were there things where I was like, oh, right, getting up here to do this specific goal is a gigantic pain in the butts. And then I played it again, and I was like, yep, still is. And then there were other things where I was like, oh, man, like when you nail a trick and you accidentally land perfect because you were trying to spin as many times as you could, and so you get like double or triple or whatever it is points, and like that, like, sick triumphant feeling where you're like i am the hawk like i am the greatest skater who has ever lived <laughs> like that feeling transferred over the decades pretty much near perfectly so as long as someone was willing to deal with the halloween horror nights faces and the four by three aspect ratio and they have you know their own music to put on in the background like i don't see why you couldn't sit down to this and play it today and Based on what I've seen they tried to do with later skate games, I would say if you wanted to play a skating game, you might actually be better served to go this far back in history because then you don't have to stand on a stupid Wii Fit balance board. <laughs> yes. So for me, so like you, you had nostalgia experience for this. I didn't. So you're, you're the experimental on the control group, right? right? And, uh, and, and I, I also say no nostalgia goggles required there is a small asterisk which is you do need to either have nostalgia for this time period or for this activity you know uh, the, the culture I mean, they're presenting correct yes yeah. so i mean like if you you know if somebody said to me like oh man should i play tony hawk pro skater 2 like do you enjoy skating skate culture even just 90s culture and the answer was yes and it was like yeah no it's it's a good game somebody's like yeah i don't really care about skating like you go play a different rpg like it's an rpg at that point <laughs> and and there are way like the rpg genre is broad and deep you know so there are plenty of way better rpgs out there if that's all you're looking to get but if you're looking for um you know a a fun experience you know that that you know it has it has skating culture and has depth and replayability this is absolutely a good game and uh, and i think it does hold up but all that being said i do think the game that both of us really would have rather played would have been george carlin presents a quentin tarantino video game excite bike 2 the curtain falls the music plays the credits 
roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head. From the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand, your memories creeping with the edge of a smile. Lost for a while You're gonna think back much less 